you hear that noise too? I did. I don't know what it was. I was like, <laughs> is there? Is your phone buzzing? No, phone's right here. All right. Hey, welcome to the podcast <laughs> podcast where we have all sorts of weird and strange noises. Don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I'm Don, and this is Scott. And we are still walking through Deuteronomy, and uh, and when he says walking, he means tiptoeing. Yeah, this is a uh, uh, this is our adult only series. Apparently, <laughs> um, hopefully, I remember to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the other ones before posting. But um, we're still in some uh, sensitive material that if you're listening with kids in the car, you might want to uh, maybe listen to this one on your own mm-hmm. uh, without them. Like some of the other ones, we're going to talk about some. Uh, so should we give like a 10 second before we, we say the first word that they're not allowed to hear? Yeah. So but, one, but I will say there's two, a, yeah. three, four. So you're on suspense, aren't you? Five, <laughs> well, that was six, like two seconds there. seven, testicles. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> what, that no- what is that noise? I have no clue. Is it coming from? Where's it? Where do you hear it coming out of? I heard it with the headphones on. I don't hear it on. anymore. I don't know. It wasn't that loud. Maybe it's is upstairs. My, maybe doing maybe they're on the TV or something. But it sounds like it's down here somewhere. No, there's nothing on my phone. Uh, is it a table? Oh, maybe. But it sounded like uh, talking. Yeah, it did. Okay, so now that you've quit our podcast because you think we hear things, um, that might oops. we do hear things. Well, anyway, I, I got these uh, headphones, <clears throat> and I thought maybe like oh, I was like okay. They're charged. They're doing some kind of interference, but no, there's no power to it. They're powered, but I don't have the power turned on. I have no clue. So I'm a. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so anyway, we're on chapter 23 um, of Deuteronomy. We finished oh. up chapter 22 last week. Uh, it's See, been now, now. Now I feel. Oh, never mind. It does say that word. Okay. Yeah. Um, so once again, you already heard the adult orientated were the the medical term mm-hmm. um, we will try and not turn into junior high aged young men here we will try and be uh pro- as professional as you could expect can, from can you really really vouch for me no that's what <laughs> when i was when i was going over this because i so behind the scenes um we haven't met in probably three or four weeks mm-hmm. because of holidays and travel and uh, you had some school functions. Maybe it's mm. been longer than that. It has been a while. It's been like a week or two before Christmas, and it's a week or two after Christmas, three weeks after Christmas. So I read I read this probably around December 1st, sometime mm-hmm. in that first week. And I, I went back over, I started reading it last night. I was like, oh, that's why I was... Yeah, well, I started reviewing yesterday, two days ago, two or three days ago. And then you texted me back and said, oh, no, we're on 23. I was like, oh. That's so I was I reviewing the wrong stuff. Well, here's, I can't find my actual notes. Mm-hmm. So all these great cloud storage options, and yeah. I have no idea where they are. Oh, no. And my, my Google Drive looks like... Okay. So I need to go through there and kind of get stuff out. But Because um, I've got over 500, almost 600 gig of Google stuff, but I pretty much know where most of it is. I've been... I've organized it in a way that I kind of know where it's at. I feel like mine was organized, and they must have changed like the order or something, and I just need to go back in and... Figure read. out how you yeah. ordered it? Okay. I, I, did, I did do a lot of Google Photos cleaning, Okay. and I'm wondering if I oops something there when I cleaned up my photos. Okay. Now, my photos are a mess. I, I know what year they're taking in. Taking uh, in. I don't know how to find them. The rest of it's like lesson plans and yeah. school stuff. And I cleaned, I basically <laughs> scrolled through and I was like, I don't know why I'm keeping a picture of like, you know, my engine compartment in the dark when I was trying to see a picture of the part that I needed to replace, you know, kind see, of stuff. See, I do that, but That's like, because when I take I it, delete it, them, it uploads, right? Yeah. I'm like, or, yeah. or I'll download them off my phone and then it all goes there. And it's like you, you'll come across these random pictures, and well, my son was going through the pictures on my phone. I forgot what we what we were looking for, and he's like, "Why do you have blah blah blah?" And I was like, "I, I don't know." <laughs> it's like here's a blurry picture of one of my kids running around. It's like I'm sure there's something I was trying to catch, <laughs> like, but it was too dark in the room, right? <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, I, I so I went back through, and I also wanted to read. I got the here's a plug for something I don't get paid for: the archaeology study Bible. Oh yeah, um, really cool. However, this particular section of Deuteronomy, there's like nothing. Oh, <laughs> but it's a it's a really cool resource, and I wanted to kind of read it from there and see if there's any more stuff. But so I wonder what the children's Bible has for this part. <laughs> they do have like the <laughs> the live action. <laughs> 
uh, probably not um, much at all. I had to go find that. I wish I had it around me. The never stopping, never ending. <laughs> <laughs> Always that's and forever too long. young. Yeah, that's true. But the live action Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not like a demonstration of. All right, I'm I, I don't even want to know. All right. Um, throw that. I'm afraid to like unplug them and make a weird noise again. Again, I don't even know where that. Th- these are my the ones they sent me to shut me up. Oh, nice. So, and I was like, yeah, these suck too. Also, those are the upgraded, upgraded ones. Yeah, dude, they're like so. So long, a couple long podcasts story short, ago. Yeah. Long story short, this company contacted me and was like, "Hey, you want to try these headphones? They're free." And I was like, "Sure." So I tried them out, um, and they were horrible. And they weren't horrible. They were, they were like thirty bucks if you buy them, and they're kind of like average to below. And my wife got me a pair for Christmas that were like thirty bucks, and they were like phenomenal. And I was like, "Well, compare at the same price point, I'd be mad if I paid thirty for these, knowing that these other ones were out there." And, and I so, think you, I think you guys heard part of the story at a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, but so, these are the upgrades. So yeah, they sent me the upgrades, and uh, I left a two star review on Amazon, <laughs> and I got an email that said, "Like, we're sorry to hear about your purchase. Would you like us to replace those?" And I was like, "Oh, you guys don't talk to each other." <laughs> <laughs> You gave me these. <laughs> they suck. Oh, so you They're, put a review for the new ones on then? Yeah, they told me not oh. to. <laughs> anyway. Well, no, didn't you say they said they gave them to you to delete your last one? Yeah. So you deleted your last one? No, I didn't. Then, oh, okay. No, I told them I wouldn't. Oh, and, okay. And they are like, they just kept like emailing me like, it'd be a good idea if you took them down. Like, you should really consider taking them down. And I was like, well, no. Like, I was like, Amazon's guidelines say you can't pay me in lieu of getting rid of a review. Mm-hmm. So... But they sent them anyway. Oh, nice! And uh, they, there they are, and they're 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 not good. Okay. What so, what name brand do I not go with? Um, it's O T I U M. So Otium. Okay, I will never um, buy an Otium. I I put on the review if these were they're over the ear noise canceling. Mm-hmm. If they are thirty bucks, cool. I I'd, I'd rock them for thirty, but it's seventy, and sometimes they go on sale for like sixty. Ah, oh, I'd be mad. Okay, so definitely not. Dude, I'd be. You probably get some skull candies that sound better. Oh wow! Like than these things. Wow. For probably fifty bucks. Okay. So, anyway, this is not the head. All right. So station. With that. we're on to Deuteronomy. Man, we can waste seven minutes. Like no, I just posted today's episode. But warning: eight minutes of banter. If you want to skip <laughs> it. So. All right. So most, of, but I guess if you're still with us after. Oh, I tell him where to skip it. A while, <laughs> then you already know that. Um, um, Yes, that we banter the first. Yeah, and you also know that these minutes. these last three weeks of, or three podcasts have been the adult only episodes. Yeah. So. so and and we got a couple more weeks of that, depending on how far we get. I don't know. Well, we might have a, a small break, depending on how far we get. Although I'm excited because the end of 23 and the beginning of 24. No, no, don't spoiler. Don't spoiler. We just Wait. got some New Testament stuff going on. Oh, I thought you were gonna go to the. Oh, you're talking about like the. Food dietary. Oh get, no, I haven't got that yet. No, but I get to say poop in a podcast and be okay with it. <laughs> okay, start reading. Then. Okay, <laughs> what, are you, what are you reading? So, um, bear with me. I'm going to read um, Deuteronomy 23:1. No one whose testicles are crushed or whose male organ is cut off shall enter the assembly of the Lord. Actually, I probably should go on, shouldn't I? <laughs> you might. Um, worry, yeah. No one born of a forbidden union may enter the assembly of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, none of his descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord. <clears throat> and I guess we're still talking about assembly, so I'll keep going. No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the assembly of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, none of them may enter the assembly of the Lord forever, because they did not meet you with bread and with water on the way when you came out of Egypt, and because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, and Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. But the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. Instead, the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loved you. You shall not seek their peace or their prosperity all all your days forever. You shall not abhor an Edomite, for he is your brother. You shall not abhor an Egyptian, because you were a sojourner in his land. Children born to them in the third children born to them in the third generation may enter the assembly of the Lord. So we got some assembly of the Lord stuff going on right here. Yeah, we have kind of a, a fencing of the table. Who can go in and who can't? Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's just that that first man, whoever did the numbering system, I can't remember his name for the uh, holy scriptures, really knew how to start twenty three off with a bang. Absolutely, or a splat. <laughs> Dang. I-, I wonder. There goes the professionalism. <laughs> that was a professionalism. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say four words into. I wonder what that is in Hebrew. <laughs> Actually, I-, I tried to find like what it said in the commentaries I have and the little bit of resources I had. Um, it does not make anything clearer. It literally is like one who is emasculated would mm-hmm. probably be the better rendering. Okay. But it doesn't say um, like what it's regarding. Is it someone who purposely did it? Is it someone who was accidentally injured? Is it somebody that like um, had an, a, you know, a, a horrible accident, a genetic mutation? Like it doesn't, Going to depth, it literally is like one who is emasculated, and the reference is one who's has harmed testicles. Right. Like that, I couldn't find anything deep except for I could find bunch of a bunch of conjecture that it could be related to uh, maybe eunuchs um, uh, who were surgically altered for whatever reason. But like even that was just conjecture. It doesn't say really who. And, and I was kind of in the same boat where they didn't give any specific reason. There was a lot of guessing, a lot of, well, here's what it could mean. Here's what it might mean. Here's some of the things that happened in, in other Near Eastern cultures and that sort of thing. Um, but for the most part, there wasn't any very clear, here's exactly what it means. Right. Um, a lot of them kind of went back to the idea of um, castration was used in various religious ceremonies and other cultures. Um, sometimes for political reasons, they would go ahead and, and do this type of thing to them or whatever. But for the most part, that was pretty much the, what I could find on, on that as well. Yeah. That, um, what's interesting is when you try and do some research on like the purpose behind a eunuch, some of it is, uh, very sad to the young boy that it was done to, to the mm-hmm. teenager. It was usually a potentially a preservation or it was also for uh, pr- preservation of youth um, or it was uh, to avoid um, temple male temple prostitutes from impregnating females. Mm, okay. Um, so it was kind of, they're kind of uh, some sad reasonings for making one a eunuch because usually you had to do that around the time or before a young man would enter puberty. Really? Okay. Uh, for the cultic reasons. Um, I found out it was also done later, <coughs> which is creepy mm. if you think about it, in the um, like 13 through 1600s and possibly later, who knows, uh, to keep the voice high for a male singer. Really? So I was like, well, that's jacked up yeah, if you, it is. man if you're like man i sing really well as a nine-year-old it's like things could get really bad in a year so it was kind of a really Ooh. interesting so i could not find any positive reason to uh make somebody a eunuch but i could definitely see like where you're dishonoring dishonoring um god's image by purposefully doing that to someone or having that done to yourself on purpose mm-hmm. uh, whether for a, a temple right or a political reason or whatever you're you know, you're saying, hey, God, I don't care who you made me to be. I'm going to, you know, mutilate my own flesh. And we see uh, some a lot of the Levitical laws of, uh, and I think we talked about it in here, like if a woman crushes a man's uh, testicles, she is to be put to death. You know, there's a lot around that. So it was just kind of a um, well, wide open, but no <clears throat> concrete reason or evidence as to who was barred, mm-hmm. whether it was just only purposeful or if it was purposeful plus genetic plus accidental. Mm-hmm. So. And, and and later on, I mean, obviously you see, and I don't know if it's a change in the law, because here specifically it's talking about those that are allowed to be part of the assembly of the Lord. But, I mean, later on you see the eunuch and Acts have that, that opportunity, though, to be a part of God's community. Um, yeah, that's a... Wow, that would have been a more interesting. I didn't even think to go there. So I don't even know. Huh. I, I I don't know how to respond to that. Um, yeah. Well, we could also look at that being the uh, where you're seeing Christianity spread through all cultures and mm-hmm. pulling in somebody and saying, "Hey, it doesn't matter what your past was. Like Jesus' blood covers it all." Like right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be well, an interesting. That'd be an interesting thing to go through. Because because you actually have so so Christopher Wright defined the assembly of the Lord. So ultimately, the eunuch is is being um, is not allowed to enter the assembly of the Lord. Um, he basically says it word for word. The Lord 
the Lord means the assembly of those who belong. Okay, so the assembly of the Lord means the assembly of those who belong fully to the covenant community and gather for worship for the reading of the law or for the festivals. Um, so again, I don't know if if with with Jesus, if, if, if that kind of changes that law or their description of, of the assembly of the Lord. I know later on in this, in Deuteronomy 23 and in Deuteronomy 24 and and in following, you see Jesus actually come back to Deuteronomy to, I guess, when you're talking about oaths and divorce and that sort of thing, you see Jesus come back to the Deuteronomy passages to raise things to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, so where the um, the eunuch comes into this situation, um, I, I'm not sure. But I, I think he was reading Isaiah, so actually I'd be curious to think, what Isaiah passage he was reading at the time, because then you're talking about after the Deuteronomic law. Um, Deuteronomy. Sure. Um, so that would have happened after that when God is already promising a restoration from their, their sin. Hmm. So I don't know. Uh, I was just kind of thinking as, as you're talking and now I'm really curious. Yeah, no, that definitely, that definitely makes me wonder. It's, it does. It, I wonder about, because we often play that, is that fair game? Mm-hmm. Like, well, what if it was like a kid and it was done to him? What is that, you know? Um, and we have to try not to do that. Right. And we have to rely that or understand <laughs> that God had sovereign plans and stuff like that. As we're going to get into even this next verse, um, you're of a forbidden marriage. I mean, that, that ain't your fault. Mm-hmm. Like, you weren't like, hey, I, I'm hoping to be a product of a forbidden uh, marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which that was another interesting one, another hard one to find because the uh, word there only occurs uh, one other time in the Old Testament, and that's in Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Zechariah. I don't know. I said Zech. Zach, Zechariah? Zechariah. I, I don't know why I went. I don't know. Priest. Okay. Zechariah. Whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, but that only appears one other time, and was it? Dang it! Hold on, I'm having an old. So, so he used the word. The rare word was Mabzer, which yeah, it was Zechariah. Zechariah is the priest. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Zechariah. Okay, I'm not losing my mind. Um, it only happened one other time. Yeah, was it the Maz? Mazer, Mamzer, Mamzer. Yep. Yeah, you can tell we're Hebrew scholars. No. Yeah. And it says, he, oh, it's like Mamzur. No way, that's French. <laughs> so Christopher Wright says that it is not merely to children born out of wedlock, um, but also to those born as a result of incest or marriages that broke the prohibited degrees of relationship. Um, and he actually refers back to Leviticus 18, um, 6 through 20. And this is where we get into some very interesting um, relationship type things. And I'm not going to read the entire thing, but, but I'll give you kind of a, a quick overview. Um, so is he saying that word appeared there? Because this is, I'm looking at a, the other commentary. It says it only appears in Zechariah nine six. Um, he refers back to he refers back to these as prohibited degrees of relationship. Oh, oh so okay, because okay. of that word and how it's used, it's not just out of wedlock, but he's referring to unlawful sexual relations in general. Yeah. So he, he says that this would refer to temple prostitutes, <clears throat> uh, incestuous relationships. Um, Israelites who are married to a foreigner. Uh, that's all he's got. But yeah, go on, read what you... So he goes into Leviticus 18, 6 through 20, and I won't read them all because you'll get the gist. He says, None of you shall approach any of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. You shall not undercover uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover the, her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, your, your father's daughter, or their, your mother's daughter, whether brought up in the family or in another home. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or the daughter's daughter. For the So so it gets into all of this, and it, it goes on for a while. And then eventually, you know, kind of surprise, surprise, you shall not uncover the nakedness of an animal or something like that. Like that, um, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's nakedness of an animal, but it gets there. Yeah. And then um, Leviticus twenty ten through twenty one does something very similar. And so he's saying that this is specifically addressing. It's not just addressing the wedlock, but but this sexual immorality of Any. you sleeping with your uh, wife's 
father or your father's wife or all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so basically the laws are trying to cover any loophole you might come up with. And, um, and this makes it very difficult very thorough, to come yeah. up with, yeah. As we see more and more, um, as language evolves, you see more and more kind of uh, all-encompassing terms for things like this, like sexual morality mm-hmm. uh, in, in the New Testament. Um, I think it's a fusion, I might be wrong. Uh, often is it might be Romans. I'm not a New Testament scholar. Um, it's often uh, u- using words that are all encompassing uh, to make sure that you don't say like, "Well, he didn't say my sister's cousin's nephew's sister's brother." You know, like there really are. It, it becomes more widespread to keep your dirty little perverted mind out of the uh, trap of sin. And temptation, and he pretty much addresses you. You name it, he probably addresses it. Um, really, it comes down to you should have. Uh, there should be pretty much sexual relations with your wife, um, if you're a man, and a, a your husband, husband if you're <laughs> you're a woman. You know the word starts with um, H. Yeah, <laughs> and it and, and it clearly has that man and woman terminology mm-hmm. um, and so it, it comes down to here's what is okay and a lot of times it it is for the health of the people it's for the health of the community um, it's for the health of the the family um, so really any of these non-preferred ways of, of any of these these things listed here you could probably see how it would impact the family the culture etc in a way that is not honoring to God. So given that, um, like I said before, it, it seems very difficult being like you didn't pick your parents. Right. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, the figure of speech here down to the 10th generation, according to Grisanti, means permanent. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a figure of speech to say for you and your cousin or your grandkids and your great grandkids down to the 10th generation was basically mean permaban. Hmm. And the, like, did Wright touch on that at all? Because I didn't he really. He did not. No, I did not. Mm-mm. So that's kind of the. I, I mean, that's one of those. It's like, man, that's that's legit harsh. Mm-hmm. That's a. The, and once again, sometimes that was kind of hard to, a little hard to swallow at, at points, because you're, you know, you're looking at, like something that you can't control. Right. But yet you, your children, your children's children all the way down the line permanently are not supposed to enter the assembly. Hmm. And it does show that seriousness of like God's plan and stuff like that. Man, that just seems like, although I wonder, okay, so, so I've thought about these, these things in the past, like, you know, you, you talk about, uh, I guess in the Christian community, I've heard of this, this generational curse terminology, And I was like, what does that even mean, like generational curse? Um, And when you get into the the family structure of of the Jews and of the Israelite, um, ultimately, when you think of how does a child know how to grow up and honor God, it comes down to to the family. So it comes down to the, the the parents, the elders of the family, they're supposed to teach the younger ones, and then it, it's tied down from generation to generation. If you think that you have this type of immorality happening inside of a family, is it going to happen within the Jewish community, or is most of these things going to come out from the, the Canaanite or the, the other ancient Near Eastern cultures and religions? And then also thinking from that perspective, if these aren't God-following, God-fearing people who don't live in a, a Jewish-Israelite community, then isn't that going to continually be handed down from generation to generation? I mean, possibly, but you're the, the point where I was a little bit like, huh, is because you do kind of close the door on redemption hmm. is where I was like, huh, I wonder what, I wonder if this was like, does forever mean forever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or is it, um, is there something I'm missing or is this pertaining only to like unrepentant foreigners? I, I don't know. This is, it was just a, like, there's always, a redemption, it seems, but th- in this way, it just seemed like it was really cut short. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder what I wonder what the whole overarching theme is because I haven't really found any. I'm str- I'm like skimming through. I don't see anything. Uh, 
I don't see. This is exciting when you hear me reading. We need we need to have like uh <clears throat> yeah some I, sort I mean, of. I can always pause, but that's too easy. I know. Well, it's more fun than for them to hear the awkward silences. We need to have like music or something. Yeah, and this is like <clears throat> Grisanti does say, and I'm gonna take his word at it. This does not mean that you're excluded, uh, or nor does this represent eviction from the nation of Israel, but this is ineligibility to participate in the formal gatherings and at certain places of national worship. So oh, well then... I guess if you're still allowed to be part of the... Yeah, you're still allowed to be... Part of Israel, you can still fear God. You just might not be able to go on to certain grounds in the tabernacle or in the temple, maybe. Oh, I think, well, because I mean... That would make a little more... Yeah, that makes a, that, I mean, that makes makes a lot more better sense. It, <laughs> well, because well, when you think about it, I mean, you can't... You or I would not have just been able to walk into the holy holies out of nowhere, like into the the main. We're, we're Gentiles. We would have had to be in the outer right. courts. I mean, and so we now have. We don't necessarily have this um, this general assembly, right? So, in all honesty, this one doesn't necessarily fit our culture as much because we don't have this um, this assembly of the Lord that they have at this point. Um, now I, I think what we can probably still learn from it is we can probably still learn that these are obviously not, um, things that God encourages or condones. So there's definitely things we can learn from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then going back to the Leviticus text and that sort of thing, we can obviously learn that, that these are, are definitely sexual and moral in God's eyes. Um, but when we're talking about being excluded from the assembly of the Lord, I guess technically we don't really have that assembly anymore. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to say the modern day church where we assemble is God's people on Sunday, but it's, it looks and feels a bit different now. Right. Absolutely. We all have access to the Holy of Holies. Yeah. And the, well, the, I, I would say in our, in our, current culture well, we, and since jesus we don't have a place is not quite as important as it used to be um right. because of our understanding of of the holy spirit and our understanding of of how god dwells in our lives and and works through the community of believers as opposed to it did in the old testament assembly and i see we do we still have restrictions um we fence the table of communion mm -hmm. um non-believers we tell them not to take part because it doesn't make sense right um and we give a purposeful moment of examination uh before you go up to make sure that you're not taking it in an unworthy manner. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess in a way we still do have restrictions. Um, if you're participating in, uh, you know, prostitution or like ungodly um, sexual relations, like you would be encouraged not to take communion. Like we would well, not. If you are in sense, because Jesus is not your Lord. If you're right, well, that right. If you are engaged in those activities, you're not being obedient to God anyway. Right. Um, where these so that could make all right. These okay. aren't necessarily obedience issues. These are more. I mean, they're not being excluded from the community here. Well, that that'd be another thing. Throughout Deuteronomy, we've been talking a lot about the community, mm -hmm. but here we're talking about specifically the assembly. And so they would not necessarily, again, not necessarily be a part of these, uh, these specific assemblies. Okay. So, All so right. yeah, we're not, we're, I guess we're not really talking salvation here. We're talking more like, <clears throat> yeah. I can't think of the cultural man, my, rituals. Yeah, my brain is completely like yeah. Uh, uh, sacraments? No, that's so. Not. So, so here, people, um, you are listening to us talk out loud or think out loud as we try and figure out. And, and unfortunately, for some reason, words are not coming to my brain. Mm -hmm. So they're staying internal. So I'm just thinking <laughs> out loud. No. Um, so when we get onto kind of moving down, we get to another people groups. We get the Ammonites and the Moabites. Um, Permaban uh, from the assembly uh, as well. So um, do you want to explain some of these Permabans? Uh, I'm doing a quick skim again. Like I said, I wish my notes were not dead. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Ammon, am I saying right? Ammonites? Yeah. Um, they were basically greedy little suckers that would not 
acknowledge or help the Israelites as they traveled through their land. So they were banned basically for lack of generosity. That's the right ones, right? Yes. And no, no, uh, yeah. And we saw them earlier in Deuteronomy. Yeah, and the, the Moabites, uh, the infamous story of Balaam and his donkey, uh, is that them? Yep. Okay. So yeah, I, it's right there in the text, you blind bat. So um. I, I reread that this morning, and I was like, dude, he didn't get it. Like, over and over and over again, he told, I can't remember, what, what's... Well, the angel was like, your donkey's smarter than you. Mm -hmm. I am here to kill you, and he is stopping you from... Um, so that's the uh, the reason, uh, because they basically set out to put a curse on them, on the Israelites, and that was, you know... And didn't the Moabite king, was it Mo the Moabite, was he the king that was trying to get Balaam? Right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Balaam and his donkey. Like, that's dude didn't give up, though, like... He's like, okay, well, you didn't curse them this time. Let's go to this place and try it again. Yeah. And dude's like, I can't say what the Lord didn't say. And he's like, okay, fine, fine. Tell you what, let's go to a different <laughs> place. And and Balaam's not any more innocent because he went along with every plan going, okay, I'll curse them here. And right. every time he's like, I got to say what God wants me to say. He was cowardly, basically. Right. For, I mean, yeah, to an extent he was cowardly. He was, yeah. Yeah. He, he invoked God's wrath, so. Mm -hmm. I, I'd <laughs> say salty is probably a big, uh, good term to use there because it's like, I can't curse you. I can't curse these people. Um, I just can only bless them. Um, so, so anyway, if you're a part of uh, those groups, of <laughs> if you're a part of those groups, guess what? You're out. Yep, you're out. So, I mean, that does speak to... Um, now, if you're looking to these texts, though, um, I, I always like to reference them. So Deuteronomy 2, 26 through 30 um, is where you'll find out uh, they tried to offer to pay in order to get food and water, and they said no. If you want to hear the story about Balaam and, and, and um, what, what the guy thought it was an insubordinate donkey but actually smarter and could see angels, um, we're going to Numbers 22 through 24. Um, so that's where you'll find these. And I actually had written down, and I hadn't re-gone through my notes recently. And in Isaiah 56, 3b, so... I missed my notes. <laughs> it says, um, Blesses the man who does this, and the son of the man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keeps my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Um, and so it goes on and continues to talk about the foreigners and continues to talk about a, the eunuchs and how God is offering restoration and salvation to them. And the foreigners who join themselves of the Lord to minister to him. Um, I'm going to quickly breeze through. Um, gathers outcasts, I would get. So, so he's saying that he's actually not going to exclude the eunuchs um, in this Isaiah 56.3. And I'm actually curious... Does it say in Acts when they see the eunuch what part of Isaiah he's actually reading? Uh, let me, I could probably go there digitally faster. Okay. So as he's reading through that, um, okay, so I'm going to finish reading this while he's looking at that. Um, um, okay, he says, I will give in my house and within my walls, and my, okay, and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. So actually, he's even offering them a an opportunity to join the assembly, I think, um, and then prayer, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. Um, Isaiah 53, seven and eight. Ooh, right here. Oh no. Isaiah 53. Yeah. Okay. This was Isaiah 56. He's reading um, it three says, through eight. I say he is, and he said, how can I, unless, or someone guides me and 
he invited Philip to come with him and sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. Like so a sheep, was he was Isaiah? led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Uh, who can describe his generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. That was what he was reading. So you had uh, 53, 7, and 8. Okay, so here we see the sacrament. What would we see where Jesus is seen as what? The, is this a suffering servant passages? Uh-huh. And then just a couple chapters after, we see where that restoration and that salvation comes. And here it comes even to eunuchs, and they're invited into. Why would you do that? Huh? I'm know. yelling at my virtual Bible. Oh, okay. I was like, why would I do what? I went to um, look up a, to see if there's any quick commentary on that <laughs> passage, and it was like, you have to sign in. Okay, I signed in. It took me to Psalms. Oh, like, wow. What? I should have stayed somewhere. Whatever. <laughs> so sorry for us not being prepared. I think this kind of was, was one of those. Yeah, no, um, no, no. They, they love us. They, uh, they love it when we're trying to find our... Um, no, I I gotta get. I'll probably start a new document and just start new notes because it'll be easier. Oh, okay. But I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what I went. That's why I went over last night. Trying to so did you? Oh, did you just not write out notes or? No, I did like December first. Oh, okay. So and then I like went over it last night. And I was like, oh, I can remember this. No big deal. And now I'm like, Burr. oh yeah, okay. I, I know I won't remember. <clears throat> so anyway, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious because that kind of takes it and says. As the, I guess in, in their law, they might have been excluded, but in Isaiah, he is promising restoration to, to all, even those that might have been seen in Deuteronomy 23 as being excluded from the assembly. Yeah, and we see um, a lot of times throughout the prophets, and then obviously in the fulfillment of what the prophets say through Christ, uh, the drawing all men unto himself, the mm-hmm. uh, restoration of all things, so on and so forth. Um, and then, of course... You know, Paul going out and witnessing to the Gentiles that Jesus Jesus's command. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the world the world is saved through him. That's his plan from the get go. So there's definitely that restoration. But we also talked about kind of the end of that similar assembly because of the tearing of the curtains and stuff like that, and right. no need for temples and all that good stuff. All right. Well, so, so lots of good things to think about. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. Um, do we have anything else to say about that? No, not about, uh, not that I won't stumble over. Um, so then seven through eight, um, we have the Edomites and Egypt, which actually that surprised <laughs> me. I'll be honest. I had to, I had to double read eight um, as well. So Edomites, um, they're seen as kinship and actually this one isn't 10th generation. This is third generation type stuff. Right. And, um, and did he say anything about that? No, he actually just says that uh, while the tenth generation is a is a saying, it's like a, a phrase that means forever. Third generation definitely seems more like a legitimate uh, time period. He says it appears multiple times throughout Deuteronomy, uh, seventeen times. Um, this phrase appears, and it definitely seems more of a after a passage of time when things have cooled off. It's cool. Right. Uh, Edomites, if you remember, God hated Esau because he so quickly traded the blessings of Israel for things like food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he still calls them brother. So he, there's right. a kinship so there, yeah, aspect here, um, and we see that there was even a semi reconciliation between Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little sideways at times, kind of thing. Um, so even as you know, them as brothers. It was all right. So I think that there's definitely some some grace as far as that goes. Egypt, uh, when I first read it, I was like, hold up, why does Egypt get a break? That's what I, I was thinking. Uh, you got to think that God used Egypt to save his people initially yeah. uh, through, well, and some would say that uh, Abraham's descendants might have come out of Egypt as well at a time. They might have been there for uh, a specific uh, refuge status or they might have come out of there initially as well. So we could even say maybe Abraham's family has ties to it, which would give Israel mm-hmm. tie to it. Um, and then we would say Joseph's family definitely has ties to it. And, and I think it's one of those, Where he even, them. even if you did the maybe, that's kind of pushing it, but we do have a very clear hospitality of Jacob. I mean... Mm-hmm. Well, there's a... Was it Jacob or was it Isaac? Oh, no, not Jacob. Joseph. Well, there's Joseph. There's definitely the story of Joseph, but I thought Isaac 
might have had a time where he dwelt in Egypt. I don't know. Uh, dang. I don't know. But either way, when when God's people originally entered Egypt, they had plenty of time to grow before they became slaves and were abused by the Pharaoh. So there was definitely right, that... They're they fruitful and right. became numerous. Well, they there. multiplied. That's what scared the new Pharaoh. Right. Um, so ultimately, you, you do see an aspect of, of, of hospitality that, that brought them in and allowed God's people to flourish and grow. Um, so it took me a minute at first. I was like, really? He said Egypt? But yes... Uh, I want to say it was Isaac, but now I'm not a Isaac and Abimelech. Uh, He's looking. Yeah. It was one of those, like, she's my sister. No, she's your wife. Oh. Um, I thought was that, that was in, in was or that around Egypt? Egypt. I thought so. That's why I'm checking. Ah, oh, it's Philistines. I didn't remember who. Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Okay. Maybe so it was Abraham that went to Egypt then. I thought one of those. I don't know. I no, was it was Abraham that was. That it was Abraham and his Abraham. wife, right? I, I think the Isaac one got me because it was the Philistines, and I was like, "Bro, okay, yeah, it could have been. It could have been okay. Abraham." Don't. Hey, look it up, guys. Yeah, do your Bible study. But it might have been. It might have been <clears throat> Abraham. Then that like, uh, uh, there's a little bit of time where he dwelt among the Egyptians, and then of course Egypt said, "Don't fool us again," and they probably paid him off to. <laughs> Along the way. And then Egypt, even though Pharaoh was a complete uh, failure as a person, even when they left Egypt, they, Egypt was still basically plundered by Israel yeah. as they gave them stuff to get out of there mm -hmm. once again. So there was, despite the oppression and the slavery for a few hundred years or whatever, you know. Well, right. they're in Egypt for 400 years. I don't know how long they were oppressed as slaves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it actually specifically says, does it? Yeah, we're so unprepared this time. Oh, yeah, we are. But we fancy ourselves Old Testament <laughs> gurus. That, but oh, this proves I don't know we're not. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that, that comes down to um, God's mercy and saying, you know what? Well, some of these things, though, I didn't even think about until like we're talking and I was like, ooh, wait. This fit. Oh crap! Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm asking questions, and when I'm not on the air and, and talking, I'm like, okay, I can go back and look at that. And now I'm like, ooh, but I'm curious. I want I know, to know yeah, more. I would definitely go back and probably read if I could redo this chapter, but it's too late mm -hmm. now. See, I, I'm not. I'm not very good at uh, like having a surface Bible study. Mm -hmm. So like when I, I'm not very good at doing surface stuff, and Sarah's always like you know that's just going to lead you down this direction and then down this direction. And she's right, because I'll be like, ooh, but I have a question about that. Let me go this direction. And then I'm like weeks down the road going, ooh, well, here's where I was before. My, my wife and I set out to do a, a Bible study in Acts one time. And um, I, I'm pretty sure it was Acts, because I'm trying to remember the book cover. And she's like, no, I really want to study it. I want to get in there good, blah, blah, blah. So like, I'm taking her through it, and we're literally like crawling through like, you know, words and sentences very slowly. And she's like, this is not what I meant. Uh -huh. like, so we got a book. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah <laughs> doesn't like studying through. the Bible with me because. Because we're annoying. Yeah I, get, yeah. I love going down those directions and, and, and I get excited when I'm like, ooh, it fits with the New well, Testament. Ooh, it fits with life. Ooh. Remember when we did the Revelation uh, study, you, Sarah, myself, my, yeah. like Jill had no desire to read through that commentary. Oh, like really? any of the commentaries we used, mm -hmm. like that was like the last thing on her list. She's like, "Can't we just talk about it?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, but it says here in the comment, you know, like uh -huh. she, she was not in that realm." But I mean, at the time, like I was in Bible college. You just graduated a couple years prior to Bible college, so we were used to busting out like these, you know, study helps that other people could really not care less. Right, to own. right. But and, but that and, stuff excites me. Yeah, no, that's kind of a weak commentary, man. Have you seen my one on James? That thing is hefty. <laughs> have you read, have you read a, a Christopher Wright commentary? Like, oh. <laughs> so I got I got to use that James one. I was like, my brain hurts. Mm -hmm. I had to preach out of James last summer, and so, it was so I have painful. a commentary which is just Matthew one through twelve. Oh, that's man. like this thick. And who, you do you know who, it, who wrote it? Um, yeah, it's right over there. Hold on. Yeah, what killed me about the James one is the commentary was thin. I was like, why is this one of the highest rated? It's Douglas Moo. It's one of the highest rated commentaries on James. And some people say, like, there's, if you have that one, you have no need to get any others. And, I, oh, yeah, you showed me that before. Yeah, so this is, so just to give you a page number, it's 
about 590 page, 585 <laughs> pages, and it's Matthew 1 through 12, and it's uh, awesome. Frederick, Frederick Dale Bruner. Was he able um, to finish in the next one, or did he not? Did he have to go three parts? I uh, just, I don't know. I haven't bought the other one yet. So, so funny, funny. I'm trying to teach. So, uh, Sarah. I, I, I love this a publishing house that no one's ever heard of. Oh, really? <laughs> I never heard of them. Um, I got it from a couple recommendations from like Bible scholars that teach like in ton, like what, eight some different languages. Um, so I respect the, the guy that, that said it and it's really just so people know the typeface is freaking small. (laughs) Like I'm like, I need my glasses. Um, Oh, that's a little bit. So Sarah wanted me to teach Hadassah and Naomi Deuteronomy because I'm always excited and I'm talking about it. And then she, I was like, Ooh, tell you what, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the girls through Matthew because Matthew goes back to Deuteronomy (laughs) And so I got this, I got a smaller commentary, but then I got a bigger one for myself. And so I, I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm having trouble teaching an eight and a six-year-old <laughs> to go back to Deuteronomy and back and forth. And so it's definitely a learning thing for me because I go deep, but at the same time, it's, it's been kind of fun for, for myself to see how much Matthew and Deuteronomy and, and just Matthew and the Old Testament fit together mm-hmm. and, and helping Hadessa and Naomi to kind of see that. And although when we go back, I'd probably spend days on some of this and I'm like, ooh, I have to go over it in minutes. <laughs> yeah. How do I break um, this down to my kids in the 15 um, minutes? <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm enjoying the commentary. And, and I, I think through my study, I'm able to kind of condense it more for Hadessa and Naomi. Um but you know what? What's cool is like our kids are going to know, and I would encourage you, listener, uh, not to fear the commentary. The study helps, and I'm a, I'm assuming that the people that listen to this probably already know what those are. Especially, I mean, we had that one episode that we put out there. You can find it on our site um, about study helps and things you can use. Um, but you know, it shouldn't be surprising that these are great tools, especially if you can get good commentaries. Oh, and, yeah. Um, my tip is always buy used, um, if you can, because they're cheaper. Um, a lot of times seminary kids will get rid of their stuff to pay off their student loan debt and then we can buy it for a third. I don't know. What's this one? This one's normally 55 bucks. I think I got it for 25. Okay. So, um, see, I, I'm kind of the other way where I'm like, I love Kindle cause if I'm sitting on the toilet, great. I can study. If I'm sitting in the doctor's office, I, I can study. I can't do Kindle. I need the dead tree when I have a commentary. Okay. I don't know why. I just need it. I need okay. to be able to flip through, go back and forth quickly and access it. I tried to read, um, I said, oh gosh, whose systematic theology was it? I got it on Kindle and I was like... Was it Grudem? Eh, no, it's uh, Bobnick maybe. Mm. And I was like, the Kindle version is awful because you can't just go through pages or look uh, at headings and stuff. It's a little bit harder to see. Um, and the table of contents on it was laid out weird. See, if the Kindle, if the Kindle version isn't laid out well, yeah, it can um, then it can really make or break it. Even if the content is good, if you can't scroll through quickly, then that can make or break a commentary. Now, if you have Logos or Accordance or uh, one of those softwares like that, um, that could probably work really good for E, especially because they, I don't know if Accordance has an app. I'm mm-hmm. sure they do. Um, Logos has an app that you can access your books through. That'd be kind of, oh, and yeah, it, it'll, uh, some of the versions will, you can like click on a word, it'll start to word study for you. And, oh, wow. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of word studies, but like, you know, if that's your thing. Okay. Um, but you can tie events together. That'd be, ah, see, I got that free version. I'm going to have to look at it. I got one of their libraries for free. The Logos? Yeah. Okay. I got like their starter one a few years ago. I got it for free, hmm. like legally from them. Right. But I think I think almost anybody could get it back then. Well, because they want you to pay more money to get the rest of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll have to see how far I can get in that now that I have a, now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. I was just like, oh, great, thanks. And I I have the executable somewhere that I could run and I just oh, have nice. it. But we're, okay. we're, believe it or not, we're actually uh, pretty close to time here. It's like okay. 50 minutes already. So oh, does that mean we don't get to talk about poop tonight? Nope, uncleanliness in the camp will have to be. Hey, guys, we're back to normal. Instead of doing whole chapters at a time, we got through eight verses. <laughs> so to, next time we'll get through poop. Um, <laughs> we will talk about oaths. 
um, which uh, Jesus ends up talking about and referring back to. Um, I spent way too much time. Uh, Don was making fun of me earlier because I, I guess that incident that happened a couple weeks ago where I mentioned something and my wife was right then going, what? Yeah. Um, which that was definitely a funny episode. Um, but we'll talk about divorce. And, and I got excited because... Um, Really, he talks about divorce in, in the Sermon on the Mount, and you learn a lot about marriage through this discussion of Deuteronomy and Jesus and this divorce issue. And so it's kind of interesting to see um, how deep you, you can really get with this and what you can learn about marriage. So anyway, I'm giving you too much of a spoiler. Yeah. And so next week, we'll start off with poop. Yeah, and I will uh, do a better job of getting new notes set up so that I will have those accessible. Uh, or I'll find the old ones. Good deal. Um, otherwise, I'll just make all new ones. So um, until next time. Happy July 39th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on when that comes. Wait, what? I don't know. It's uh, January now. It'll probably be Mayish. Oh, wow. April. Okay. Well, again, it's January now. So, well, now you make me. Sorry, listen, now you, now you got to pay attention. Let's see here. Maybe I shouldn't have told you. What, where are we at? We're January, so, and I posted one today, so that would be the January. It's to be February, March, April. These will probably be the ones that go up in May. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It'll be wow. warm. Well, it's fine. The yeah. one that I posted today was from September, and I was apparently sick, and I didn't talk a whole lot, and your waveform was like crazy, and mine was like static. Oh, wow. <laughs> And I like I I was listening back and I was like oh man I was coughing like every two seconds nobody wants to hear this. Do you know Do you know in May that'll be our two year mark? Sweet. We so, need to celebrate some way. So that means that means that Deuteronomy twenty three will be our two year mark and we have till Deuteronomy thirty nine. Thirty. That's thirty nine. So thirty nine. Oops, I better put my bookmark in before I. Um, Deuteronomy thirty four. Oh, thirty four. Yes, I'm good with so that. So we got like almost 10 and a half chapters left. I think you say 10 and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true too. Hey, well, hey, if you're still with us, thanks. Um, maybe we'll uh, we'll start a second podcast with like a small New Testament. <laughs> For those of you that aren't patient enough to hang with us. Right. But well, we also had that I didn't I didn't post any chapters in December except for one. I oh, posted really? the Passover. Oh, okay. Um, so we also had a little bit of uh, buffer in there because of the two Passover episodes, three if you count. Um, but still relevant to one. Deuteronomy. Yeah, so mm. we did the Passover scripture, the Messianic, and then the Old Testament Passover. Right. Then. So if you haven't heard those yet, go back and listen. Those can stand alone pretty well okay. also. Cool. So, all right, this time I mean it. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>